0: In today's world, the biggest competitor you have is the conversation you're not present to, meaning that they are searching for competition, right? They are looking at competitors, and the sooner that you can get them to tell you about them, then the sooner you can show them how you can offer in the same thing they like about the competition, but also fill in the gaps of what's stopped them from buying from the competition.
1: Hi there, listeners of the Selling with Love podcast. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell. I'm running a little competition as we're trying to get more people to discover this podcast and the work that inspires those to sell with love more. And the best way to do this is to leave reviews, both on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And for those of you who leave a review when listening to this episode, I would ask you to take a screenshot of your review and send it to me at Hi everybody, this is Jason Mark Campbell and welcome back to the selling with love podcast today I'm bringing a guest that's been on the show before yet I feel that we weren't able to fully extract his knowledge because this was back when we had the Superhumans at work podcast and now that we're speaking specifically in sales This man is a warrior when it comes to selling he talks about how to be an enlightened warrior in sales His name is Jason Forrest You've had him on this podcast before he's part of the Forbes performance group and we talked about how to actually sell using his methodology, the word selling, the mindset of selling, and we simply scratch the surface. And so I wanted to bring Jason back so we can go more into one of the important keys that he spoke about on the last episode, which is how to master the process of selling. So today we're going to go more specific into one of the elements of how to be more effective in the process of selling, which is the 543 factor. We're going to unpack what this means, what happens when you go deep into learning this methodology and making you more effective regardless of what you're selling. And so, Jason, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for having me. I look forward to rolling up our sleeves and getting right into it. The reason why I created the 543 factor is because I feel like there were so many trainers out there that were too high chunked in their sales methodology. And so I thought it was very important that we give people the exact step-by-step process. So really the 543 Factor is 12 steps. It's a 12-step process. It's five steps to understand the customer's mission to improve their life on a functional and emotional level. It's four steps to present solutions, and it's three steps to resolve the sale. So the entire thing ends up being a 12-step process, but it's called the
1: 543 Factor. If you are on the road, you're listening to this on the go, this is going to be one of those episodes you might want to pull over. You might want to actually listen to this from home so you can actually take notes because we're going to get very tactical. This is going to be super practical and you can even go ahead and look at the YouTube channel. We're going to have a link in the show notes. If you're listening to this as an audio on YouTube, you're actually going to see us on video as well. Might be a better platform for you to take notes and really put this into practice. And Jason, I want to unpack something you just said right there because you know, a lot of the sales training you hear, there's a lot that speaks about mindset, right? There's a lot that's going to be very high level. And I'm hearing a lot of people say, oh, I only focus on strategy. What does that create as a gap in the market? The fact that there's not as many people that go into this tactical application of sales.
0: I think that's a big, huge problem. And in some cases, you kind of question their own credibility because you kind of wonder have they ever actually kind of eaten their own dog food? You know, are they practicing what they preach? And you also kind of question, are they a practitioner of what they teach or more of a theorist? And I think there's a lot of theorists out there when it comes to selling, but not a lot of practitioners. There was even a, a time when even Grant Cardone was challenged on, well, what is your sales process? What is your sales process? He was challenged one time and he really could never articulate it. He would tell people kind of what to do and why to do it, but not specifically how to do it. And, and, I, and I feel that, I think, I feel like that frustrates the modern day sales professional, the modern day sales warrior out there, because they get very excited and they get very convinced on here's exactly what to do or why to do it, or they watch a Simon Sinek TED talk on you know the power of why and sell with the why. And but again, there's no clarification on how do I actually do this with a customer starting today. That's really what I felt kind of burdened to do was to you know put my name on something, put my mark on something, and say, hey, this is a step by step sales process. That's really, the only sales process that I believe. A person needs to needs to master and and
1: this is it we're going to dive into it and i I want to elaborate on the fact that for those of you who are familiar with the selling with love methodology the fourth love of selling is actually love the process and that means you actually start to actually apply all these tacticals operational and strategic ways of selling and you become more effective at it which opens up a little caveat before we get into the nitty-gritty here jay which is A lot of what I speak about when loving the process, I speak about how the process of selling isn't manipulation, it's actually empathy. And I want to hear your opinion on that statement.
0: Exactly what I would say. My version of that would say, selling is not manipulation, it's persuasion. And the difference between manipulation and persuasion is your intention. And so this is always something that usually causes a little bit of controversy, but it's a good way to kind of put it in perspective. And that is, you know, you think of like the greatest salesperson in the world, whoever that great salesperson is. And then you think of like the greatest con artist in the world. And we'll just use the example of Bernie Madoff. And you say, okay, well, what's the difference between the two of them? And it's always just their intention, but again, their process of how they do it. So like, I'm going to teach you guys today, I'm going to teach you a 12 step process that if you wanted to con someone and you really wanted to have that on your psyche, the process, is the exact same as if you wanted to persuade someone it's all depend on your intention. Are you there to serve them? Are you there to help them? Are you there to help them move away from pain and towards some life improvement that's going to really improve their life and their family's life and their business life? Well, that's that's persuasion and that's okay. But if you're only there to serve yourself, then you would use the exact same
1: tactics, but you'd be manipulating them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's kind of the power that comes with being good at sales, right? There's that, you know, it's, let's quote a little Spider-Man here and say like, yeah, there is a responsibility that comes with it. But There's also a responsibility that has to lie with the buyer. And I know we're getting into the process, but I'm still curious to ask you one more, which is, are there certain things that you suggest for buyers to be able to detect the difference between manipulation and persuasion? It's a great question.
0: I think just trust your gut, trust your gut, trust your heart. You know, what does your heart say? Do you feel there's congruency between the person's words, their actions, and their heart? You know, like here's a good example of that. Every human being probably experienced some sort of like creepy guy or creepy girl experience in their life, right? You know, they're pursuing the opposite sex and, or maybe they're not, but you know, the opposite sex, you know, greets them and experiences something with them. And there's just this, this kind of creepy guy vibe that's going off. Right. And that creepy guy vibe is the words that you are saying are not congruent with your heart. The words that you are saying are not congruent with your body language. There's something off with it. And I think the customer just needs to be in tuned with that. You know, do I feel like I can trust their words with their heart, with their language? And if there's a congruency, then I think you're fine. If there's an incongruency, then. But I think every human being has been equipped by God or some higher spirit with that creepy guy vibe radar.
1: (laughs) I like that. And uh, I do want to do a little throwback because I had a guest come to the show, which was Sonia Chaquette, which I believe you've also had a chance to meet at. A-Fest and she talked about trust your vibe you know I, I went through her literature and she's right like there's there's that little voice that we seem to not listen to in the middle of a sales process sometimes because some of the promises they make are triggering other parts maybe it's your head that's like oh but I could do all this and we start to suppress that little voice which I think you're right is there to give us those warning signals and so of course for all of you listeners I know you've made the pledge with me we are here to sell with love which means we are going to be using these tools for persuasion so if everybody's on board and is a we're going to be able to reveal this process. And so Jason, five, four, three factor. What does this look like? Where are we getting started with this?
0: Sure. So we're going to go as fast as we can, but it's going to be very tactical. So the first step, let's just go through the the first five steps. So the first step is to gain position of strength using the unsatisfied triple bind. Now that sounds like a weird statement to gain position of strength. So again, I'm not saying to gain leverage or I can hold something over your head. Position of strength just means that you as a customer are starting to surrender to allow me to be your advisor. You're surrendering to allow me to be your leader, your protector in this journey that we're going to have together. So step one is to gain that position of strength. So having to have a position of strength, this strength is that they're interested in something that we're offering them. I believe the best way to do that is through a technique that we, we know from neuro-linguistic programming, which is my background, and that is called the triple bind. And so the triple bind is, there's three reasons why people are interested in us. It's either A, B, or C. I'm curious of those three, what are you most interested in in learning more about right now? Now, that's a way better approach than how can I help you? Because how can I help you is an open-ended question, and it puts way too much pressure on the customer to figure out how they can be helped. And when you ask that question, right, the customer is usually going to give you some sort of response that I'm not sure, or I'm just looking, or I'll see it when I see it, or what the worst thing they could possibly do is they start telling you things that they take complete control or the leadership position in the sales process. And so you don't gain position of strength in that situation. So again, step one is remind yourself, the most important thing in selling is, you know, can you get position of strength? And the way that you do that is by a multiple choice question, not a fill in the blank. And I always tell people like the simplest way to think about this is, you know, if you had a choice of, taking some sort of exam in high school, and they gave you two choices, either an open-ended test or a multiple choice test, which one would you pick? Well, of course you pick multiple choice. The same thing goes with the customer. You want to make it easy for the customer, which is one of the rules of selling. We have 15 beliefs around selling. One of them is the rule of selling, that's make it easy for the customer to improve their life through your process. So how can you make it easy for them, right? Well, this makes it easy for them
1: to answer the question on how you can serve them better. That's step one. We go back to the example or we're going to talk about that creepy guy vibe that you were allured to, and we're just going to look back at what it looks like in a relationship function. I always, I love this statement because I also feel like when you just give an open-ended question about like, what problems do you have? You're putting the responsibility on the buyer when if you're going to be leading with love, you're actually going to understand him enough to be able to propose three different choices that would be relevant to the actual problem. And I feel like it's like when we're in a relationship and you know we want to go on date night and you're you're supposed to be responsible for organizing date night. And then you're like, all right, well, what, where, where do you want to go? What do you want to? Eat? And the person's like, I don't want this responsibility. You're supposed to lead me and and you know bring me to the promised land. And so this multiple choice actually filters it so much better and actually shows some strong leadership and being able to sell with love. So I love this step and I think it's a powerful tactic people can apply it right away.
0: It's funny, Jason, that the metaphor you just used is the exact same one that we use in the sense of when you're creating your triple bind, you always want to do it around three things that you know can serve them and also serve you. So, meaning that there are things that you can offer them, right? You're not gonna give them a triple vinyl. things you can't offer them, but also that you know we're gonna serve them to their to their fullest. And so, the, the example a lot of times is like with your children, right? So, you wouldn't ask your kids, where do you wanna eat tonight? Because they're only gonna tell you like Chick-fil-A or wherever, right? So, you're gonna say, hey, where would you guys like to eat tonight? You know, would you do you want Chinese, Mexican, or Italian? You're gonna give them choices, but that's only if you personally want to eat Chinese, Mexican, or Italian. If you don't want to eat Chinese, Mexican, Italian, you're not going to give them as one of the choices, right? Okay, that's step one. Step two is what's called the Discovery 360. And so we say it's a 360 because you, you want to create a 360 viewpoint of the customer's fears, frustrations, and failures, and desires, dreams, and destiny. And it's around three pieces. So the first piece is what do they truly want? So what are they wanting? you know, and what's good about what they're wanting and maybe frustrating about what they're wanting. So that's what they want. The second question has to do with what have they seen so far? What are the alternatives? If they don't move forward with you, then what are the alternatives and what's good about the alternative and what's maybe not good about the alternative that's caused them to still look for you? The third angle, of course, is what do they have right now and what's working, what do they like about it and what's not working about it, right? So it's a comparison 360 around want, seen, and have. And we have to know all three in order to truly understand the customer and move on to that next step. Now, the biggest leash that people have is not about asking people what they want or about what they have. It's about what the alternative is. People have been taught for a long time that, Jason, you really want me to bring up the competition like that early on in the situation? That seems kind of crazy. Maybe, maybe there isn't a competitor. And maybe if I bring them up, maybe I'm teaching they should look for one. I mean, these are all the kind of stories that people tell themselves. And my whole thing is, in today's world, the biggest competitor you have is the conversation you're not present to, meaning that they are searching for competition, right? They are looking at competitors. And the sooner that you can get them to tell you about them, then the sooner you can show them how you can offer in the same thing they like about the competition, but also fill in the gaps of what's stopped them from buying from the competition. And the last example I'll use on that is that there's not a sports team out there That doesn't look at game film prior to showing up for the game. They wouldn't just show up and go, oh, look, we're playing the the penguins today. (laughs) You know, like they it's you, of course, want to know ahead of time who you're up against. That's step two.
1: I love this. And uh, it kind of puts everything, all the cards on the table. And so in a world that right now we're trying to build more trust and it's so hard to come by. As a sales professional, you can actually establish that by being so honest and being able to ask these questions and not being afraid of them, knowing that, hey, if you're looking to serve with the best possible product or solution, you should be okay with the fact that there are alternatives. And some of them might be so different to what you offer. Like if someone's trying, in my example, trying to sell a book, you know, some people might need a course and that's not even a comparative book, right? So there's different modalities, different things that you want to be aware of. And I'd be curious to know for this step, Jason, is this both something you do kind of on a top level, like when you study and build like a buyer persona, as well as an adjustment you make for an individual you sell to?
0: Yes. I I think, I think both are important. I mean, look, the key is, is that you 100% need to know what's inside the customer's head in order to truly, you know, sell with love in order to truly serve them. You have to know, you know, again, there's something about the competition that caused them to want to go with them or be interested in going with them. But then there's also something the competition hasn't provided yet. That's causing them to still want to talk to you. So to me, the slam dunk is, well, gosh, well, how can I, again, find all that data out? And then if only if, right, I'm not going to manipulate you only if I've got a product or service that can give you everything that you're wanting to run away from in your current situation, plus everything that you're looking for that has all the benefits of the competition and the things they don't have. If I can truly provide that for you, well, then I can get you to to move forward and, and improve your life even sooner. Brilliant. I love that. So that's step two. So step three, step three is very simple and it's just called the summary vision close. And the summary vision close is really about how do we maximize rapport? And so when rapport is lost, all is lost. Rapport is not talking about the weather or football or rapport is about being on the same page around what is their purpose? What is the customer's goal? What is their mission? What are they trying to accomplish? That's what rapport truly is about. And so – So the summary vision close is nothing more than just like being a great waiter at a restaurant summarizing back the order. So it'd be something like this. So I would say, so Jason, just to make sure I'm I'm hearing you correctly, what you're currently doing is blank and what's working for you is blank. What's not working for you is blank. Before you started talking to me, you were talking to ABC and you loved them because of blank, but you had some concerns because of blank. And what you're really wanting to accomplish is blank because of blank. Does that sum up kind of where you are so far? Mm. That's it, right? Because I'm giving them just a nice summary. And what that does for you psychologically is it allows you to, again, continue to surrender and to me as being your warrior, your protector, your leader, your servant in the process here of selling. Because as soon as I do that, you go, man, this person gets me. We're in rapport with each other. We're on the same page. Everything is fine. And now you can kind of let go and you don't feel like you have to, continue to guide the conversation and you're just you're just ready for me to share with
1: you what I have next like you're excited now about what's going on next this is so brilliant and I love how your methodology sits so closely to the mindset that i try to preach for my audience as well which is why i'm so excited to cheer back because one of the things i speak about the second one which is the second love in selling is to show that you love the buyer which is the second love it's to understand them and this methodology here is one of the best ways to mirror back and to really build that rapport so for anybody who uses that you might have Actually, maybe even notice that this is something I usually do at the end of podcasts when I recap the entire conversation, not only to kind of bring the conversation home, but to also build rapport with my guests. And so I love this technique and I'm always trying to implement more opportunities to go through it. And so now for everybody listening, I'm hoping you can pay attention to this and bring this into your traditional sales process, your traditional sales conversation, because the moment you do that, people like you said, Jay, they bring their shoulders down. They go like, Yeah.
0: It's real simple. It's real simple. Just get get used to summarizing back, again, what they're currently doing, what's working about it, what's not working about it, who else they're considering, what's good and not good, and what they're wanting and why they're wanting it. If you can just kind of pay attention to that, summarize it back to them. And and then, you know, and feel free to, if you want to end the little summary statement by, you know, did I get all that right? Or is there anything else you'd want to add to it? That actually is a nice little extra part there too, because a lot of times because you've done such a great job of summarizing what you've heard so far, a lot of them will get so excited about you paying attention to them. They'll go, oh, well, in addition to that, I also want you to know this. And that's just gold. Like whatever they say next is just gold that they haven't actually probably said to any other salesperson so far, which now gives you a huge advantage. Whoa. Yeah. So that's number three, right?
1: Brilliant. I love this, Chase.
0: So number four. So the fourth step of the 543 factor is... And a really, really cool step. It's called categorize the buyer, okay? So categorize the buyer. So categorizing the buyer means every prospect that you encounter is in one of three categories. So a category one buyer is that true just looking buyer. They haven't decided to make a change yet, but they're considering their options. But we call it, we haven't burned the boats yet, right? So burning the boats is when Cortez was invading Mexico and he told his commanders, burn the boats. We're either going to conquer Mexico or we're going to die trying. We're not going back to Spain, right? And so it's a metaphor of that. A true category one buyer is they're looking, they're checking things out, but they haven't decided to burn the boats yet. A category two buyer is someone that's decided to make a change, but they're overwhelmed with all the options. And then a category three buyer is someone who's torn between you and your competitor. Okay. So category one, true, just looking, hadn't decided to make a change. Category two, overwhelmed, is going to make a change but now is like just really confused a lot of options and category three is between you and someone else. All right. So why is that so important to know? Well, so that the step in the process is you want to categorize the buyer and the way you do that is you just ask them some simple questions and you say, so again, you've just now left the summary vision close, And so now Jason, you're going to say something like, great. So based upon that, have you definitely decided to make a change? You know, have you definitely decided to stop doing blank? As soon as they answer that, they're either going to say, "Well, we're not sure yet," which makes them a category one, or they're going to say, "No, we've definitely decided we're going to make a change." And you go, "Great!" And I like to congratulate them at that point. They say, "We definitely going to make a change." I say, "Congratulations! You've honestly made the first, the hardest step, really, which is decide to change." And so I'm curious, Mister Customer, at this moment, you know, where are you in the process? Have you figured out how much your budget you wanted to spend, your time frame? You know, you're know, you going to ask a bunch of other kind of qualification questions, and that'll help you decide if they're a category two or three. If they're a baby buyer, meaning they're, they they decided to make a change, but you start firing off all these qualification questions and they don't really know how to answer any of them, we know they're an overwhelmed category two buyer. But if they're super clear and they're like, you know what? Yeah, I've definitely decided to go with FPG when it comes to your sales recruiting company, or I'm looking at XYZ sales recruiting company. And we've really narrowed it down to the two of you. Okay, well, great. You're a solid category three now. But now why is this so important, Jason? Because so many sales fail because they deliver the same selling message to all categories of a buyer. And that's what it fails. So if you're a category one buyer, my selling message that I'm going to deliver for you later in the four steps present solutions is why make a change? That's my selling message. If you're a category two overwhelmed buyer, my message is more, why buy this? Why buy this product? Why buy this service? If you're a category three buyer, it's why buy us? You see? But how many salespeople really mess it up and they'll start giving the why buy us category three message to a why leave what you have category one buyer and it's a mismatch. It's like you're an American Idol and Simon or whatever and Simon goes, you're a great singer, you've picked the wrong song. That step is so
1: critical. This one is going to make some very big changes in people's existing sales process because yeah, the only example that came to mind here is just walking into a dealership when you're just looking and someone's riffing off the stats of a car and comparing it to another car when you weren't even sure if these were the cars you were looking at, you don't even know if you're buying right away. And now you're just turned off by this car salesman who didn't take the time to understand where you were at. And again, all of these are about understanding the buyer and knowing where they are so that By the time you go to present solutions, you're not wasting anybody's time and you're actually speaking to things that are relevant. And so this is really great. Is there any time that you have hesitancy on where to put them and can you make a mistake on this step? Oh yeah, this is an area that a lot of people make a big mistake on because we listen to some like buying
0: signals or kind of a lot of that outdated stuff that we get leashed on and we think the buyers further along than they are. So for example, we don't ask that critical question of, have you definitely decided to make a change? That's usually a, a leashed area that people have. And so instead, the buyer starts asking us category three questions. They start asking us things like, hey, so tell me about you guys. How long have you been in, been in business? Or I'm curious, what kind of incentives or deals do you have right now? Or what are your terms? So they're asking like questions that are like way category three conversation stuff, right? But they haven't even decided to burn the boats yet. And so the salesperson gets like super money hungry and gets excited and they go right into, you know, answering all those category three questions. And then the salesperson gets excited and they go, hey, great. So based upon that, you ready to move forward today? And they're like, no, no, no we haven't even decided if we're going to even do blank. And it's like, oh, I totally messed it. Right. So that's that's a huge critical flaw that we have. Also, the system that we developed of the categories of category one, two and three. It's really a better version than the old school way of ABC. So you could really almost say that the C buyer is really the one and the two is really the B. The A is really the, the three, right? But it's just a better format this way because what we've created is objective ways to calculate a one, two, and three versus the subjective leash way of the ABC. The ABC is so subjective and it really messes salespeople up. And so we've just made it a lot more objective and
1: measurable. And I think one of the things that I would really want to reemphasize that you've mentioned is adding the word definitely in that powerful question to see if they've definitely decided to move forward with solving that problem. I think that really gets you that clarity. And again, I think if you're not stepping up as a warrior in sales, that might be A question that may trigger some anxiety. So, what I would suggest for people is to go into the show notes. I have a link to our previous conversation with Jason, where he actually talks more about the mindset that is required to be a sales warrior, which is actually super powerful when you're using these techniques, which, my God, these are powerful tools. And we've been given them right now, right here, that you can start applying right away, which allows you to apply the ways to persuade, the ways to sell. And again, when you have the right mindset, you won't hesitate to use things like this because you understand that this is going to serve the buyer ultimately and help you reach your own personal goals as well.
0: That's it. I love it. And remember, a warrior always runs towards the things that others avoid. And if you truly want you know, to sell with love, and that really is your, your mission and your goal, then your highest purpose is how do I help them achieve their love, right? How do I help them achieve their life improvement, their goal? How do I get them away from that pain? If you keep that as the focus, then that'll be almost like your own fuel to, again, run towards the things others avoid. So my point is, if I can't find out very quickly where you are in the process as far as what category you are, then I can't actually serve you. I can't help you because I'm going to be out of rapport with you and you're going to kind of tune me out. Because that really leads to the fifth step of the process, and that'll complete the, the five steps to understand the customer's mission. And this is the agenda, but it's the agenda step based on the category. So it'd be something like this. So let's say you're a category one buyer. I would say, Hey, great. So Jason, thanks for sharing with me that you haven't decided to make a change yet. Let's make that the focus. Let's spend the next 20 or 30 minutes of this conversation, not even worrying about, should you buy from us or what makes us better than everyone else and what we're trying to accomplish here? So don't about that. Let's just focus on, does it make you know, psychological, physical, financial sense for you to even stop doing what you're doing. Because if we we can't figure that out, it doesn't really matter. But once we figure that out, then we can, of course, decide, you know, the next step of what are you really wanting and if we're the right choice for you. So that would be a category one agenda step. A category two agenda step would be you know, congratulations, Jason, on making the the biggest decision I think of all. And that is to decide to leave what you have, decide to make that change. I know you've been doing what you're doing or you're happy with what you have for the last eight years. And I commend you for that. So to take that big leap to like have that disruption in your life and make that change, that's a big, that's a big decision. So I commend you for that. I also can tell that you're kind of new in the process and maybe even a little bit overwhelmed with like where to even go next and all the criteria and all the options out there. It's a big world as far as what we're looking at. And so let's do this. Let's make our goal over the next 30 minutes to see if we can get your criteria nailed down to see what's really most important to you. And I can guide you along the way with that. Okay. So that would be that. then a category three agenda would be something like, First off, thank you, Jason, for having us in the running, for having us as one of the the finalists on, on The Voice or whatever, you know, have some fun with it. I have one of the finalists. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. And I'm very grateful for that. And so let's make our focus right now then over the next 30, 45 minutes on why buy us, on who we are, and to see if what we created here is what you're looking for in your next blank, in your next partnership, in your next relationship and your next whatever you're serving out there whatever you're selling right and if we're right if we're right Jason then I look forward to offering you invitation to move forward with us and be one of our next customers if we're not right I promise you over the next 30 minutes you and I both will figure out collectively we'll figure out collaboratively that we're just not right for each other and I think that's okay too because my highest purpose right now is to help you achieve resolution and that's all I want to do is achieve resolution and we'll we'll be able to figure that out in the next 30 45 minutes let's begin Wow. So that's the agenda. You see, but each one is very specific based on the category. But you see, if I'm doing that correctly, I'm still in rapport with you. And rapport is everything. If I lose that rapport, then I can't apply. So we we call it the definition of selling for us. And that's certainty plus education with a foundation of rapport. So I want to give you a ton of certainty. I want to back it up with lots of education. But if I don't have that foundation of rapport, you're going to start tuning me out. You're not going to pay attention to my facts and figures and all my ed- all that stuff doesn't matter.
1: Wow! No, these this is such a powerful process, and for people who do this work so well. The rest becomes such a flowing conversation. And I know there's so much more you talk within the five, four, three factor. And, you know, it gets into the presentation. And can you give us a quick overview of what is the four and the three so people can actually go and discover more on your resources, on your website, if they want to start diving deeper into your material?
0: Sure. Yep. So I'll go real quick. So the next step, right? So four step to present solution. And so we can call that the sixth step, right? So the sixth step is the veto. That's your selling message. So veto stands for vision, example, teach, and own. You want to veto the customer's current paradigm, current perspective, so that you can carve a unique niche about how you can serve them even better or differently. The next step, the seventh step is the comparison 360 it mirrors the discovery 360 but you're comparing hey mr customer earlier you said that you were looking at this and you liked this but you didn't like this since then i showed you this i'm curious how does what we're offering compare to what you have how does what we're offering compare to what you want how does what we're offering compare to xyz person that you were talking to earlier okay so that's comparison 360. the next step is the handle objection step and handle objections is really three steps very simple inside the handle objection step and that is we first have to give them gratitude and understand the real objection. Then we provide an explanation and rethink their needs. And then we focus on the total package and make sure we resolve it. So that's the three-step process of handling objections. And then the final step of the four steps to present solutions is solve the category. So that's, hey, Mr. Customer, you said that you hadn't decided to make a change yet, but based on this and based on that, based on the fact you said this, I'm curious, are you in a position now that it makes sense for you to make a change? So you're going to solve the category so if they were overwhelmed, you would solve that category. If they're torn, you would solve that category. Okay, then we're going to do the home stretch final three steps. And that's the three steps to resolve the sale. The first step is you're going to get them to pick a favorite. So you're going to present three options. So that's a twin to the triple bind opening. You're now going to get a triple bind close. You have three options. Think of it as like a, a good, better, best, but I do the other way. I do better, best, good, because the psychology out there is if you go the opposite way, it's called the law reciprocal concession from Childani and it's better to start high and go low. But you present three, you have them eliminate their least favorite, and that moves on to the second step, the final decision. And so based on the fact you've eliminated this one, does that mean it's safe to say that you're definitely moving forward with us? So you do an assumptive close there. At that moment, they're going to say yes or no. If they say yes, then you go on to the final step, which is the 12th step, and that's the second final decision. You go for the upsell, which is one of the other options. Or if they say no, then it's a whole process around what's holding them back. It's usually a competitor. And then you go through the handling objection process to remove any of the concerns and you close again.
1: Well, for everybody listening, You've just drank from a fire hose, but I know we had some limited time and I wanna make sure we got to cover the entire 543 factor. This is a powerful sales process and this is so tactical compared to anything else that I've seen that is, is, this is prescriptive. This is how you can design it. This is how you can have these check marks, these milestones in your sales process so you know exactly where you stand and what your percentage of closing is based on what work you've done so far, what categorization you've put them. How you've handled those objections how you've isolated competitors and options it's absolutely brilliant and what i wanted to do at least is for the people that are listening that are like wow okay at least we went really deep on understanding the buyer here which i think is one of the more fundamental steps if i'd want to go deeper into the four and into three what would be the best place i could go to reach more resources from you jason so i could get really deep into this
0: go to fpg.com for forest performance group so fpg.com right? When you go there, you'll see sales training and you'll see the warrior selling 90 day program and the 543 factor. So 543 factor is a six week course in itself, but the true value of it in my opinion is when you combine it with the entire warrior selling 90 day program, which in that process, you will create your own customized 543 script. So it'll be our science with your language, your art, and by the end of the six weeks, you'll have this thing down. It will be the highest conversion rate script in your industry. And then there's another six-week program called Engage, which is all about removing the fear of using that script and how to get in front of more people. And so it's a very powerful, powerful process.
1: Well, Jason, thank you so much for coming back on the show. You did not disappoint as expected, and this is why I wanted to bring you back. And obviously, when you go through this 543 factor is so prescriptive and it really guides people. And I'm glad we were able to spend most of the time on that first section because I think when you skip that and you go into that 4 and the 3, you start making some assumptions, not having the clarity and you start making fumbles. And I think it's a bit of a, you know, a little bit of our fear could be a bit of our arrogance but I'd say mostly it's our fear of finding out something that we're afraid of and I think there's a lot of mindset that needs to be done when you realize that there are tools for you to understand more where you stand where your buyer stands and having more of that clarity does build that rapport does build that trust that is so necessary to be a professional sales person and if they follow the steps that we have outlined here you are gonna be so ahead of the curve it's not even funny like this puts you in the top 1% of salespeople if you're doing this work so so well and so I just want to thank you again for sharing openly this method with everyone here. For those of you listening, go into the show notes. We are going to have some links so you can go discover more of Jason's work, some of his programs. I highly recommend it for anybody who is going into the path of being a professional salesperson or you just want to be able to enable more sales within your own organization. And some of the most powerful things that you can do to increase sales per customer, price point per every sale you make, and be able to serve better, more authentically as being a warrior in sales as well. So Jason, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing so much. Thank you for having me. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast.